0: When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ross. Uh, With me today as part of a special kind of apex looking forward uh, is uh, Ben Johnson, the Director of Product Management at Mitchell One. Uh, Most of you in shops will certainly have have a system uh, on a desk somewhere um, uh, to help you uh, execute uh, your repairs efficiently and effectively and get the right information and, of course, (laughs) Yeah, being able to bill it properly too, right? Um, so welcome to the podcast, Ben.
1: Well, thanks so much, Andrew. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, no, no, it's, it's great. Now, there is a bit of a, uh, when we're recording this, there's a bit of a chill in the air already. Uh, so, uh, you know, people are going to start getting busy with uh, thinking about uh, service, of course. Um, but uh, let's start at the beginning. I mean, Ben, you've been in the industry for a long time, and, and now you're in this uh, kind of uh, unique position uh, on the software services and information side of the business. But where did you start out and how did you get into this business?
1: Yeah, well, it's an interesting story, actually. So, you know, my story, to try to keep it as short as possible, um, ever since when I grew up, I always knew what I wanted to be. I always wanted to work on things and I specifically always wanted to work on cars. So I had a, uh, we had a family friend up the road that was a kind of a shade tree mechanic and every free minute I got, I was kind of hanging on his coattails. I I need to, he's passed now, but if if there is an afterlife, I need to thank him for a lot of, a lot of patience that he had as I was growing up and probably being a, a pain in his, uh, in his rear. Uh, but, you know, I, I always wanted to do that. I, I even just so right out of high school, which for me, that was uh, 1979. So yeah, I've been in it for a while. I went to work for a car dealership, and uh, while I was going to a technical school, uh, kind of in an apprenticeship program, uh, worked for that dealership for a number of years. And it was, if you recall those years, that was when the cars were really just starting to introduce this concept of having computer-controlled carburation and then kind of eking into fuel injection and, you know, ABS and the things we're dealing with today were not even a, a dream at that time. And those cars had a lot of problems, if you remember, you know, just the growing pains of adding Computer technology to a vehicle that's in a lot of varied driving conditions and things, is as, uh, as you know well.
0: Sure. Um, so Two I words. found myself at carburetor <laughs> right. So
1: exactly, I found myself very good at diagnosing. I had a, a I was kind of a, a good at understanding electricity and flow and things like that, and I and I was pretty good at diagnosing these weird problems, which worked out great because most of the technicians at that dealership. Didn't know anything about that. So they fed it all to me. But the bad part was, of course, uh, back then it was all done under warranty. So I found myself frustrated because I was doing all this high tech thinking kind of work and figuring these things out. And meanwhile, the guy next to me just hanging brake pads is making three times what I was. Um, So. I found myself frustrated about that. I was doing some work with the used car department of this dealership, and they said, why don't you just hang a shingle? We'll send you all the work you can handle. And so I did. And so that's, I guess, officially must have been about 1984, 85 is when I officially transitioned from the dealership to the aftermarket, and I've never really looked back. Um, And, and, you know, with that, I I did very well and uh, kind of transitioned through a number of years. Kind of burn myself out because I was very young at the time to run a business and you're working 12, 14 hours a day the way you do and then go home for three or four hours a night doing the books and trying to keep the money figured out. Uh, we didn't have the tools like I actually manage today, like shop management systems and things like that. If I would had that, maybe I'd still be doing that today. But. But it was kind of weird because during that time, we bought, at the time, you had these big box engine analyzers. You remember the Marquette machines, the Sun machines, the Allen machines, and we bought one of those. Um, and I ended up doing part-time training for that company and then also training with a community college. And anyway, long story short, I ended up selling my shop and tr- and transitioning to uh, being the uh, training educator for the east coast of Florida uh, for a number of years. And they moved me into product management from there. And I've never really looked back. And I think one of the telling things for me was I was teaching a night class one night. I remember at Ocala Community College and uh, teaching this basic automotive computer technology. And a, 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 now I say older. Now it's my age. Or, <laughs> came, came to me after the class. And he said, you know, I got to tell you, I have gone to like three or four of these seminars, these clinics, these classes. And tonight. He said, thank you. I got it. I understand it. And now I'm I can keep you know feeding my family. And it was just such a great feeling. And from that point on, I knew that I wanted to impact people, you know, a, a broader audience if, if I could, rather than just the people that had come to, to know me fixing their cars. And uh and now, you know, I mean I've got kind of the dream position now. I, I I do things that impact hundreds of thousands of techs and we go to the trade shows like Apex and I get a lot of people thanking me for and thanking our company for all the things we've done to help keep them relevant and thriving in, in these uh you know challenging times. It's uh, it's challenging for a technician with the technology that's been thrown at them lately.
0: Sure, sure. I mean in a in a kind of I see a sort of a uh, uh... Uh, you know, kind of parallels with with how where you got your start too. I mean, there's there's uh, folks who are you know they're expert technicians. They're really they're, you know, anybody who's right. any time at all talking to to shop professionals. Uh, you know, these are smart people. You know, um, yes. But 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 it, it's it's a, a whole when when you're faced with a whole new. Uh, area of technology and and maybe training is lacking or uh, kind of basic foundational understandings of the logic in the systems i mean anyway the best of us would struggle you know and and uh uh, you know you raised an interesting point that the motivation (laughs) at least part of it uh, comes from kind of that that recognition of being able to to improve people's lives right i mean through their business their lives through their business but but you know, a, a yeah. technician who's frustrated, you know, with his head, uh, you know, stuck in, a, in an engine bay trying to figure something out. He's not a happy person, right?
1: Right. And, and you know, you, you, you kind of touched on it. You know, people ask me all the time, well, what makes, you know, wh- how does your product help? How, wh- what products are really out there? The reality is no matter whose product you have, a technician's primary education is experience, right? And so we all have been under that engine hood. Uh, all been frustrated figuring out something the first time, you, and and but once you and you you lose your shirt that first time sometimes you spend hours trying to diagnose something, but you know now on this you know year make model vehicle with this problem, you know that the next hundred times you see it, you're going to know right what it is, and you're going to make it up, and so that education was kind of an investment. And so I've always looked at it that way, but the, the challenge more recently in the last decade or so with, uh, you know, EV and and ADOS uh, technologies and, and more engine technologies to kind of help keep things, uh, the emissions down and the fuel economy up, um, is there's so many firsts. There's so many of these things now. It's like the, the platforms aren't stabilized for long enough for us to be able to really reap the benefits of those educations because by the time, you know, and and it's uh, it's an int- and it's interesting how the symptoms that you know we used to could go immediately with this symptom it's it's fuel it's carburation it's whatever or it's ignition or it's whatever now it's very they're very masked it, you know a a completely a system that you would have never thought could cause a symptom um can sometimes throw you right into a into a a challenge
0: Sure, I mean back in the back in, you know, the back in the day, I, I kind of not really my favorite phrase but back in the day, you know, it was uh fuel, spark, air. One of those things was the issue, you know, and and so you know, if, if if it wasn't running, you'd be like, "Oh, you know, literally stick your hand over the carb and see if you could suck some fuel in and see if it would start to at least try to kick." If it didn't do that, you'd pull a plug or two and say, is there spark? You don't turn the engine over. Do I have spark? And if you don't have either of those things, well, I mean, obviously you have air, but then, you know, one of those things, you know, it either fuel or spark. And, and it was a pretty simple, pretty simple process. Right. And now it's like, well, well, you know, as you say, everything's masked. The computers want to keep the vehicle running and, and, uh, you know, within some kinds of limits or limp homes and, uh, all right. kinds of stuff. I mean, my, my, uh, sort of social media professional social media fil- feed is filled with uh you know videos uh, with technicians with real head scratchers
1: yeah i know it's it's funny because when i first started out of course you 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 prided yourself by you know you picked up the car in the service bay and you looked at the ticket and you or you talked to the customer and by the time you got from the service bay into your bay you already had a pretty good idea of what you were looking for. You, you, you would it on the way or you do, you say, okay, yeah, this is carburation or whatever. And then as you say, you kind of just do some verification steps and interesting story, not to get it off the subject, but just this last weekend, I uh, bought a car, a used car for my, for one of my kids. So it's a, it's a 2002 Toyota Camry. You know, I figured it's a pretty safe bet. Um, I'm driving this car home from the place that I bought it and it's driving great it's a little four cylinder. And, uh, but I had to, Kick it to get into traffic, and I, I jumped on it, and it just fell on its face. And I thought, "Oh God, here we go!" And I, immediately, that, that old technician kicked in. I'm like, "It feels like fuel starvation. It feels like... i oh man. I'm wondering if a fuel pump or a fuel filter, something. You know." I get home and I hook up the uh the, the scan tool because the check engine lights come on in the meantime. Of course, I've got a lean code, which is exactly what I expected. And I came back and and uh, started thinking about what it might be, but I went into my own product into ProDemand, the Mitchell One product, and looked into the SureTrack, which which relies on this database of history, and it said for this car, for that problem, it's going to be the mass airflow sensor. And I thought, there's no way, there's no way that's that's not doing that. And it said either clean it or replace it. So I hooked up the scan tool again, looking at I'm charting the mass airflow while we're driving. I got my son driving the car, and I'm, I it was not obvious to me, but I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to pull that sensor. I'm going to I got, bought some cleaner spray. And cleaned it out thing runs like a top runs like a gem so it is still fuel spark and compression but the things that can control all that so obviously the mass airflow wasn't wasn't sensing the amount of air that was actually coming through so it was tailoring fuel to what it thought was coming in but it wasn't the reality right so yeah, just yeah. just helps reinforce it but it's so many things that can even what i consider to be a pretty good technician can get easily thrown so you got to kind of trust the trust the data and trust the sources
0: right right I mean you know in hindsight you know everything seems so obvious right it's like well of course that makes sense but but is it yeah. that or is it something else I had a again a, you know at the risk of going down the rabbit hole of, of, uh, of things I had a uh, the time it was at uh, 2000 was it? I'm trying to remember what year I had it gosh uh, a CLK a 320 a, a Mercedes and and uh, you know the the oxygen sensors uh, two of them um, yeah. were basically mild out. But they're, you know, $400 a piece, I think, in the, the shop, which is a very trusted shop and a great shop that I, I just – they they it wasn't reading – to them, it wasn't reading that. It was – they're like, it's something else. It's something else. They didn't want to, you know, throw me a you know, $1,000 bill and not have it fix the problem. So they spent quite a bit of time trying to track it down. And I was like, you know, <laughs> just – Yeah. Just, just replace the oxygen sensors. And you know what? With inside of a half a kilometer – all the misfires cleared up. It reset everything. It was fine. Uh, yeah. but it didn't read like that. It was misfires. It was intermittent. It was not anything that you would, uh, you, know, the, you know, without getting into the details that you would necessarily say, Oh, this is clearly this. And, right. and that's not, and that's not a new car. I mean, as you said, like right. you're now talking about these are 20 year old cars and they're out there, um, still giving headaches to, to, uh, professionals and shops, you know, across the industry, right? And, and, uh, yeah. Exactly. It occurs to me that, you know, while we're talking about, you know, yes, the EV the EV challenge for training, which uh from my read of it is is really at this stage building a comfort level and uh that they're safe uh, to yes. work on. Uh I talk to technicians and apprentices and they're like, uh there's a, they just there's yeah, a, well, I mean, it's
1: not familiar face, enough yet, right? They're, they're they, you they, know, they're it's, a, it's it's a technology that can actually kill you if you're not careful. And you know, they do I think uh, like anything else the reality is always um much less dire than the than what we let our heads get ourselves into. The EVs, I have done a fair amount of looking at them now and you know, it it's it's common sense mostly. Um but yeah, the technicians are uh are a little bit weirded out by it. And, and what what I think about what I think about EV is not so much the powertrain. Everybody talks about how simple it is and it's not going to break often and things like that. But what you've got to consider is that there's so much other technology in those vehicles. I mean, let's face it. We take take for granted that there's a, there's a, 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 a crankshaft spinning engine in there that's going to drive power steering pumps and air conditioning and alternators and things like that. And none of that's there now. So when I think of and, it, and we're already starting to see it um with even the hybrids that use some of these technologies as the uh, electric air compressors on the HVAC systems and the uh, the the fact that the uh, HVAC system many times now it's not optional to fix it because it's not only keeping the passenger compartment comfortable, but it's keeping the battery packs in within a temperature range. So there's a lot of just other technology other you know yeah we're not going to be replacing piston rings and valve seals but we're going to be doing a lot of work that we haven't probably even imagined yet uh to keep these vehicles going and it's going to be a, a lot of stuff to do but i i think about all the ancillary the the electric power steering electric braking systems electric everything um that are going to be you know maintenance items and uh um and and just give us some new challenges and and yeah you're right though is like first step is getting over the understanding what you can and can't do with the high voltage on and then how to disable it so you can work on the rest of
0: it. We'll be right back after this. Did you know that Delphi Technologies is the only OE full line fuel supplier? Go with the global aftermarket supplier with over 3,200 SKUs covering more than 280 million vehicles in operation and with parts tested in OE durability and reliability conditions to ensure a quality fit and performance. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com. Right, right, yeah, I mean, everybody wants everybody safe and there's certainly, there's plenty of course, I mean, we have some uh, number of free courses available up here for depending on where you are, you could just uh, get your orientation and, and understand, you know, where it's at and, and you know, and I'm sure there are a lot of uh, you know online resources too. Uh, who's uh, any professional to spend a few minutes or a day or a few hours, whatever it takes to to uh, you know just make yourself comfortable. Um, but but this is part of a community too, right? Like the the community is kind of uh, sharing and uh, and they learn from each other. I'm sure you're probably uh, participating in a few forums here and there and and uh, see a lot of this, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah, and and that's the way it's always been, right? Is the, the you're right. It, the one really neat thing about the aftermarket is, it's funny how you can take a lot of companies and a lot of shops uh, that are in in competition with each other, but at the end of the day, we're all trying to just keep our customers happy, keep our cars on the road. And uh, I remember back when I was in the in the shops, you know, and as I said, I was pretty good at electrical things, so I'd have a number of shops that would call me and say, "Look, I've got this car with just a weird problem. Can you come over after hours?" And you know i'll buy you a beer or whatever if you just come you know help me figure this out and and i would do the same thing i I was never all that great at alignment and suspension stuff so if i had a weird problem with that i'd call somebody and they'd come over and help and you know even though during the daytime we're slapping each other and trying to trying to win the business you know at the end of the day we're all trying to just keep customers cars uh you know safely on the road
0: sure sure you know uh, i mean we talked a little bit about uh you know apex coming up uh which is kind of a, a way for all of these different folks that, that maybe just uh, not having uh, necessarily a chance to have a coffee with somebody down the road, uh, uh, but they're still participating in some cases, you know, forums that are across uh, across the, the continent from each other. So kind of a good sure. opportunity to get together with a lot of folks and, and share some of this information uh, in uh, Vegas, at the technically at, starting at the end of uh, October, uh, Halloween. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, but uh, it's, it's yeah, I mean, but here before you know it, is that is that one of the areas that you find uh, interesting uh, in, in, from Apex? Well? Yes.
1: I mean, I would always I have always found Apex to be like the, you know, if I if I miss anything else, I don't miss Apex. I mean, it's like that's for anybody in the business, in the industry, whether I mean from a shop owner up to, you know, anybody in a company, even it's it's the place it's the it's the one place in of the year that you can see. Pretty much everything that's going on in the industry, you anybody that is in the industry, that's you know that someone is there. Um, I like to start with the uh, opening reception. I mean, that's a place you you can literally you could be a technician in a shop shaking hands with the CEO of one of the companies that's providing parts to you or that's providing services, uh, or a you know a, a product guy like myself or or whoever. And trust me, they'll be happy to shake your hand and talk about your business in the industry and. Uh, and you you just never know who you might meet. Um, you know, it's a it's a funny story. But twelve years ago at an apex is when I unofficially had my job interview for the job I have now. I, I met the guy that would be, be become my boss, and we forged a relationship right there. And it's uh, it's it's been a great relationship ever since.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a telling that you know even in this virtual. I mean we're doing this uh, interview uh, you know over Zoom, but uh, there's sometimes somehow something not quite. The same, you know, uh, uh, replacing no replacement, no substitute for you right. know, kind of face to face, you know, and in, in the kind of way to get the whole community together.
1: Having an expensive bad hot dog across the table from somebody that's uh, that uh, that uh, is somebody that you respect and want to want to learn more from. It's it's a great place to learn, and like I say, you get to meet the people, you get to see the companies, you get to see the technologies. You know, anybody there, you know, you're happy to stop by the. Uh, the Mitchell One booth or there's thousands or you know, hundreds of other booths out there that, uh, you know, people are just happy to share what they've been up to, you know, why they think they're a little better than the next guy. Um, but and, you know, not everybody's a fit for everyone, but this is the place that you can kind of look to see the approaches that people have and the philosophies that they have and f- see which one's better align with where you want to be and who you want to link up with. Right.
0: Sure. Sure. I mean, you mentioned, the, you know, when you had the interview for the job you had now, you're a much. Uh, uh... Uh, apologies, uh, much younger guy.
1: I was a much younger guy.
0: Uh, and so, for the much younger folks out there, um, that's, I mean, it sounds like that kind of advice writes itself, right? Like get your get yourself out down there if you can and, and uh, meet people,
1: right? To the younger people, you know, I would just say we need you. You know, I mean, it's like uh, I, I, I love what I do. I tell people that that uh, that are just coming into the aftermarket. Uh, that you, you know, be careful what you're doing, because most people that come into the aftermarket never, ever leave it. And a few have tried, but they just can't seem to get out. But the reality is it is a great community and it's a great community. You know, even if you come into the aftermarket, you, where you enter the aftermarket is probably not where you'll leave it. Um, and just the the relationships you build and the, the common things you can do together. Um, you know, it was at an Apex show that years ago I was working for another company. Uh, working with Auto Care Association, it was AAIA back then, um, we put together this Shop of the Future, Shop of Tomorrow uh, booth, where we showed a standard that we called iShop, which I actually helped write for Auto Care years years and years ago. Um, But we had uh, five different companies, competing companies, come together, and we had shop management companies, we had a wheel alignment company, we had a diagnostics company. We had an information company, and they all, and we had a telematics company back then. And we all kind of showed how we could take v- information from a vehicle, feed it into a repair information system, feed a, a, a quality data package to a shop. They could act on that, and and how that could help the consumer uh, resolve their car. And and I loved it because I loved it because a all these competing companies could come together. Um, and that that vision, um, you know, it took a while for it to foot, take hold. But today, you know, at, at Mitchell One, our shop management system is now capable of connecting to somewhere around a million vehicles on the road that have these telematics devices connected. And those cars can help. the. You know, I love it because the shop can get all this information. From the car that then you can look into our information system and say, just like my Toyota that I gave the example of, here's what's probably wrong with it. So they can go and check the part availability at the parts. So by the time they call the customer, they've got an actual action plan that's more than just We'll bring the car and we'll plug in the scan tool and see what you know what what it tells us All right? we've already kind of taken those first two or three steps and we have some idea of whether the car can be fixed on a weight basis where it's going to have to be left whether the parts are going to have to be ordered what have you right and so i i just but that all started back you know a decade ago or so
0: yeah and, i don't remember was, the i shop you know I, I yeah very well yeah it was a it was a very bold uh innovative thing and people really were Kind of shaking their heads, uh, trying to say, "Oh, geez, these guys are actually working together on this. This is something." And uh, as we say, it's it's not just uh, something that uh, lives and dies on the show floor. It, it's it's paying dividends for the industry and for the shops right now. So, you know, kind of makes sense to come down and uh, check out. Uh, I guess the the modern equivalent, Joe's Garage. Uh, That's right. And and uh, you know, all these uh, different organizations with their uh, some solutions and and uh, uh, systems and repair. Uh, Uh, repair resources, all in the same spot, all with, uh, you know, cars on lifts and uh, hooked up to, to diagnostic uh, stuff. And it's all within, you know, kind of walking distance of of everything. Uh, And (laughs) shameless plug here, Indie Garage, uh, one of our titles uh, that uh, goes to the shops uh, here is we we have a booth down there too, right? Not too far from uh, the specific Joe's Garage. So, you know, come on by Canadians out there uh, and uh, you know, as well. Hey, visit to Ben. I'm sure you'll be there somewhere too, right?
1: Oh, I'll we'll be there. We uh, we we will uh, we'll have a presence down in the uh, in the lower level with Joe's Garage, and we'll have a presence upstairs as well, as my understanding. So we'll, uh, we're we're figuring out a our. our our plan now, but we're going to, we're going to be showing a lot we're, this year. We're going to be showing a lot about how shop owners can connect to their customers. So as part of that set connected car, we just talked about, we got some other things with our, our marketing services products, our CR, social CRM. Uh, we're doing a lot of things. We're using generative AI now to, to generate auto, uh, generate messages back from a shop to their customers and things like that. So we're pretty excited. We're, we'll be excited to be there. And, uh, Absolutely. Somebody who sees this podcast, just come up and say, "Hey, I saw you on this thing, or I, talk, I heard you talking. Uh, just wanted to get to know you." So I'm uh, happy to happy to talk.
0: Excellent stuff. Yeah, I'm very excited, uh, even more now than than I was at the start. Here, there's just going to be so much innovation on top at Apex. Uh, uh, so you know, if if you're thinking, "Gee, I went last year," well, you know. You yeah. gotta come again, because <laughs> there's stuff yeah. that's changing. Um,
1: well, I said, it's just—I mean, you think, of it, you think about the cars themselves. How much has changed in the cars and the EV advancements and the ADAS advancements in a year? If you're not—I not, mean, this is probably the most important time in my career that it's—it's it's time not to skip a year because you, you miss so much, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. On that note, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, hope to see uh, everybody. <laughs> uh, down at down at Apex in in uh, very starting you know very end of uh, October and into the first week of of uh, November in Las Vegas uh, and uh, you know you you won't be disappointed you won't be disappointed thank you very much Ben for uh, joining me today on the podcast uh, and uh, everybody else out there thank you so much for uh, for listening uh, take care of yourselves take care of each other and uh, we'll all get through this together. listening to the great canadian aftermarket podcast brought to you by the publishers of indie garage and jobber nation connect with us online at IndieGarage.ca and JobberNation.ca, a brand of chat integrated media pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern no matter the size or time of year if the worst does happen you can count on delphi technology steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com